Wrestling Dark presents The Dark Sheet. <laughs> Welcome one and all to another riveting edition of The Dash Sheet. I am Stephen Roach, back guest editing, following my brief blacklisting after I told you all to keep it shitty instead of keeping it <laughs> shitty. Uh, back with me are the usual contributors. First up is Brian, oh sorry, Lewis, Lewis McNaughton. <laughs> Lewis, how are you this fine evening? I'm great, mate. I'm great. Ready to go for it again. Um, I bet you were glad that, that. You you that was ready to roast you for that one. Eh? Oh, I know. I'm, I bet you were, you, you were glad I was uh, roast you for that one. <laughs> oh, no, mate, I know, I know. It's always going to happen. <laughs> it's, it's been a podcast of many monikers the last couple of weeks, hasn't it? <laughs> Aye, it's, it's grown arms and legs. Um, secondly, we have our usual editor and poet extraordinaire, Chris Jack. Chris, how is November going with just one week left? Uh, November is uh, going very well, Steve. Thanks for asking. Uh, for anyone that, well, I don't, I don't know if we'll put out any visuals in this, uh, but I'm rocking uh, quite a good cock duster uh, moustache at the moment. Uh, <laughs> I, so, yeah, I've been, been doing, doing my bit for November. As you alluded to there, I've been, been putting my poems out uh, every day. In fact, I, I didn't actually manage to get down to uh, record themselves posting one today. I, I put it up just before they came on, but I didn't actually, I'm not actually reading it out this uh, today. But I'm kind of, I'm, 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 excuse the pun. I'm at the, I'm scraping around at the bottom of the bag uh, just now to find another uh, few uh, testicularly compromised people to write poems about. Uh, today's one was about a guy called Les Scadding, who was uh, he won forty five and a half million on the Euro Millions, and with all that money, he decided what he was going to do was uh, become the chairman of Newport County Football Club, uh, and then a couple of years later. Uh, he got uh, ball cancer uh, and uh, g- gave up being chairman. Uh, he's still alive, though. You know, he, 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 he lost his he lost his ball to to increase his longevity, which many people do uh, when they're afflicted by uh, the big C in the beanbag. Uh, so, so yeah, not not a not a stellar name like Malachi Black or Scotty Too Hotty, uh, as of uh, been the subjects over the last few while. But nonetheless. Uh, a man that uh, managed to do some decent, decent things with his life, uh, despite uh, having uh, a, a big fucked up bar. Yeah, so, there was a, there's a few like you, you mentioned. I, I had no idea they were afflicted by um, the the horror of testicular cancer. Like I, I, I didn't know uh, Bobby Moore, for instance, that he had to have mm-hmm. a, 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 one of yep. his nads removed. Like, like my my, like my 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 search history my my search history this month is absolutely <laughs> wild. If I'm just searching for for folk that have testicular cancer uh-huh. or, or mad boys, but Bobby Moore he get uh, get testicular cancer in 1964, got it lobbed yeah. out, and then went on to win the World Cup for England and numerous other other awards on there. Uh, you had the likes of Hansi Kronje, the uh, South African cricketer, uh, that won loads of accolades as a cricketer. Uh, but is most known for match fixing and dying in a mysterious helicopter crash. So even, uh, he didn't actually have testicular cancer, he just had one ball uh, from birth. Uh, who else has there been? Uh, I've Chris actually Hughes. got two suggestions. Oh, I, I'm, I'm I open think. to any suggestions. <laughs> the only thing is they're not, 
they're not actually real people. They're actually characters that were in movies or shows. But you All could right. you, you could use one of them. You could use Tuck from Scrubs. He got hmm. one of his gonads removed in I think it was season four time, mm-hmm. just after him and Carla had the baby. And the other one uh, came from the movie While You Were Sleeping. Um, the actor Tate Gallagher. He was also known. F- uh, well known from the OC, he played. Um, I Peter Gallagher. Uh, it was uh, Sad, Sandy Cohen. Yes, uh, he, yep. uh, his character got his ball removed in a uh, in a basketball accident playing against his his mate. Um, it, it was a, it was a weird movie. It was Sandra Bullock. Um, she claimed to be the guy's fiance, um, even though she, um, she wasn't, and she witnessed him. Uh, get knocked out in a in an accident on on a train, and <laughs> she told the, his uh, his family, "Oh, I'm his fiance." I was like, "Oh my god, we didn't know he uh, he was uh, he was engaged." So she was getting on this whole movie <laughs> to be this guy in a coma, fiance. But a way a way of proving it was that that she knew he had one ball because because his pal told her about it. It's, it's, it's good evidence in the movie, but. Uh, again, apt, aptly it being Santa Bullock uh, that's in that film as well. Uh, it kind of sounds a bit like Bullock. Uh, but no, it's, it's, it's been good. Uh, it's, it's been good being able to like, write the poems and stuff. It's helping me uh, kind of uh, deal with a couple of things. Uh, if, if any of you have followed me on Instagram or that, I'm, I'm getting a Bullock to move next week uh, due to uh, something they found when I was getting a vasectomy a couple of months ago. Uh, so the whole kind of reason that I'm doing November this year more than any other year is because if I hadn't been for that vasectomy, I'd have been none the wiser that uh, there, there could be complications there. Uh, so uh, I, uh, if you know, if this long-winded chat about balls at the start of the podcast gets you to feel your feel your own nerves next time you're having a wank or, or whatever, uh, then uh, you're welcome uh, for the for the saving your life. No. And also, don't do No Not November because it actually increases the threat of <laughs> things like test- testicular cancer. Like don't need to worry about that, mate. It's... Don't need to worry about that with me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's, uh, there was actually a doctor like, on TikTok this week said, guys, stop doing that. It's like, you, it's actually. I believe all these things. It's like, they say men between 18 and 45. Should be ejaculating at least twice a week. Ejaculate. Ejaculate. Yep. Good analysis is a hairdresser stuff on the board. We just don't know wrestling. I tell you what's what's not balls though is uh, our podcast and uh, the wrestling daft, and this is where we talk about uh, all the hot topics every week going on in professional des- uh, wrestling. So up first. Um, well, first, I'm going to go on an icebreaker first, because I need to get a catch up with these guys. I've not been with these uh, for a few weeks now. Since it's been its uh, Survivor Series week, um, it's, well, Survivor Series being this Saturday, it's one of the big four premium uh, WWE events. I thought I'd ask you simply, what is your favourite of our Survivor Series? Chris, you first, please. I, I'm, I'm going to shock these lads. Uh, I am not a kind of... Uh, an encyclopedic mind when it comes to, to wrestling shows. I like the shows that I like. I couldn't tell you. I'm, I'm not very big on telling you, you know, 
what happened at like Backlash 2013, that kind of stuff. So I don't Aye. have a particular, I don't have a favourite Survivor Series pay per view as such, but I think the one that kind of resonates most with me is probably the most obvious one, which is '97 with uh, the screw job. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's iconic uh, for all the right reasons, all the wrong reasons, uh, and yeah, uh, just the the whole uh, dissolution of kayfabe. I suppose that uh, the the Montreal screw job spawned uh, the whole did Brett know, but it, was he completely in the dark? Could fuck knows. Only hit only him and Shawn Michaels and. And and Vince will know that. Uh, I love the big stinking gob that he does, uh, at Vince. I, I love that. Uh, and you know, having uh, watched like it's beyond the mat that they they cover that in, isn't it? Or is it? Yep. Yep. Uh, I, was covered. Uh, like see, see, seeing the fallout from it, there's uh, it's it, it's always good, and it's. I mean, the only downside of it is it contributes to the the, the bitterness of Bret Hart these days. Uh, a couple couple of his uh, his long lasting hatred of Goldberg uh, and other stuff on there. But I think you know, for a pivotal moment in wrestling history, the screw job is something that's that's quite hard to beat, and we can we can thank Survivor Series for that. I think as well, it it, it gets overshot shadowed so much that. We forget there was a wrestling show that night, and it was actually a pretty good one. I I still remember it fairly well. The one one that always sticks out was Mankind versus Kane. Kane was just a month removed from his uh, debut, and him and Mankind had a really good match. So, like, I would always say, I'll just people go back and watch Survivor Series '97 off the screw job for that show. Wrestling show it was a good solid show, um, as well. Uh, Lewis, what about you? What was your favourite Survivor Series event? Um, it was... I don't know. I, I feel like in the last 15 years or so, there's just there's not been a massive amount of... Not been a massive amount of Survivor Series that have actually stuck out to me. Um, you've obviously had the... When they started doing the Champion v Champion ones, when you would get Brock versus... Uh, sort of underdog and those matches were always good and I loved those matches but um, for something that sticks out in my mind as one of the best actual 5 on 5 eliminations I have to go for 2003 when it was Team Bischoff versus Team Austin it was all built up as well um, and I'm sure the stipulation was that if Austin's team lost then Austin was gone as the general manager of uh, Monday Night Raw, and I'm sure that set him up being away for quite a while. Um, and sort of, the, I, I can I tell you any other matches around it, but it's always that just sticks out. And it was, if you've seen Dolph Ziggler's one at was it 2016 uh, or 2000, was it 2014, maybe when Sting came out, yeah, that sort of underdog story going through the whole match and winning. Um, the original one of that, I'd say, or the one that sort of was before that was Shawn Michaels on team Austin's team and yeah. he managed he was getting battered bloody completely ruined throughout the whole match and it got down one on one with him and Orton and on the outside Stone Cold was making it so believable and so sort of cinema as we'd call it nowadays that mm-hmm. he was Shawn Michaels was fighting for him 
he was sort of willing him on and willing him on. And I'm sure Bischoff and Austin get into it, or someone in Austin get into it, and Austin runs up the ramp. And just at that time, the ref's distracted, or he's down or something. And just as Shawn Michaels is away to beat Orton, Batista comes in. It was sort of the middle of evolution. Batista comes in and just takes out uh, Shawn Michaels, and the ref counts slowly, the one, two, three, and you just seen Austin sort of torpedo down the stage to try and stop it. Um, and even though I've, I've probably not watched that match in about, 10 years, maybe 5, 10 years. I just remember it. It's one of those matches that just sticks in your head. Um, nice. I don't know why. It's not what a... It's not a uh, no, it's, I, I, as I remember, it was one of my favourite ones as well. It was The, the, the story though was great in it because Austin was having to trust one of his greatest ever rivals and Shawn Michaels and keeping a job and, uh, and yeah. Shawn uh, you know, stuck to his promise. He, he did really got it out and, and tried and they, and they got got the screw job in the end. I also remember that that's kinda was one of the makings of Randy Orton. That was when they were really going out going going out, out on them saying, right, this is our next guy, he's gonna be uh, uh, the company's top heel for the next ten years. Um and that was it was also I would say the start of Orton being Mr Survivor series because mm-hmm. um I remember him for the next few years always being the, the, the sole survivor as they call it. And every big mm-hmm. Survivor Series match that was happening the next few years out there, um, I uh, Survivor Series it's always seen as the weakest of the the the, the big four, big isn't four. It? but I always I, I always argue it's 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 had some really great memorable memorable shows. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a couple of pals that two, have would put that as their number one out of the the four. I, yeah, I don't know why. It's I, just I, the, I always like the. One of one of the favourites that always sticks at me was two thousand and two. That was the first ever elimination chamber. The one that Shawn Michaels just won, won the world title, and yeah, uh, that same night also had. Is that um, he's, he's, he's brown? He's brown pants. Aye, the the coloured tights. They also had uh, that was when Paul Heyman turned heel and Brock. Big show won the, the WWE title that night, and it, there was there was a bright cruiserweight match, Billy Kidman, and I think it was Jamie Noble. Um, it was mm-hmm. back when one of the few eras where WWE actually put some uh, some time and some care into the the cruiserweights, and it was also Madison Square Garden, and it was it was back that time when they still had the the closed kind of uh, that the, the closed door at the garden. Mm. They had like, a short walk. Yeah. I think the only other time they, they did it after that was one of the Royal Rumbles, the one that Cena came back. Aye, the Cena Rumbles. Yeah, always, it was on it. I know. I, I'm begging them to do it, bring that, bring that, that look back next time they go to the garden. Um, mm-hmm. So that one always sticks out. The other one is 2018. Uh, Brock Lesnar against Brian, uh, Brian Danielson. Love it. Love that match. Aye. Absolutely love it. It's, it's just, just, just the, the, the storytelling in it is fantastic because Brian, Brian comes out and you, you want him to get his his, his dick kicked in. Mm. You want uh-huh. because he's playing he's playing that heel so well, and then by the end of it, you've you've done a full one eighty on it. It's uh-huh. it's amazing, absolutely amazing Aye, match. I'm I'm going to go and let me say maybe the best WWE match of the past twenty years. I know it's, so, I know it's, a, I know really? it's a bold one to say because you're, 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 you're including uh, Michaels versus The Undertaker, the two WrestleManias, in that conversation. But like in terms of p- 
pure storytelling and unpredictability because we we went in that match, you know, because that book, that match was booked only three days before. Remember, mm. uh, Danielson won the WWE title just just turned heel against AJ. AJ. Yeah. I went and went into it and like everybody said, "What is going to happen here?" And it, it, you first think it's going to be the usual Brock squash fest, but uh, Brian uh, kind of turns it around. Um, and at one point he, he gets the the label lock, and I think Brock's about to tap, but then he like powers mm. out of it. It was like a brilliant, brilliant moment. So mm. that was really the year before that as well. It was the year before that as well. I'm sure was it, it was Jinder Mahal was the champion just before it, and Brock said, mm. I'm, "I'm not fighting him. I'm not. I'm not turning nah, up like if he's that. the champ." So uh, <laughs> AJ Styles beat him in was it Manchester right. the Friday before the Sunday was it? Um, so, yeah, it was the. Uh, it just came out of nowhere. Started started the sort of trilogy of the Brock Lesnar versus, um, we guys, so to speak. It was <laughs> the Styles to start, and then it was did Ray as well. There was Styles. Aye, there was the Ray one. That was that was a really good one as well. Because yeah. that was the first time we kind of saw Dom, wasn't it? Yeah, that was Dom. I they both frog splashed and then uh, tried to hit them with a six one nine as well. Oh. You could see at that point Dom was going to be someone and wouldn't expect what he is now. Aye. But um, uh, always Brock can always put on a show against big boys, wee boys. Aye. Aye, I, I, I hope we get to see Brock again. Like I'd, I'd love to see him. Like there's got to be like another kind of match against, possibly against Dom. That would be class. Like, imagine <laughs> like, him a bit uh, like a double like, exit. Ah, he's like, aye, like he's like <laughs> Dom is the most detestable heel in WWE. So. Like you know, that, that would sell. See him get kicked So we'll need to move on. Let's see. Let's go to our front page. Uh, what are the big stories dominating the weird and wild world of wrestling this week? Uh, Lewis, what have you got for me? Uh, to to start with, I was going to go. I had a couple of different options. Um, I was going to talk about Osprey. I was going to talk about. Uh, CM Punk as well, um, but I went where obviously what what was not confirmed, but pretty much confirmed. Uh, I think it was confirmed on WWE.com, but not on actual Raw on Monday night. That the fifth member of the War Games team, even though we highly debated it a couple of weeks ago, saying this would be a pretty stupid time for him to go in, uh, is Randy Orton, and I don't know your opinions on it, but. I thought I thought he'd be he'd be all right in it, but I think he's purely in there just to. You've seen I don't know if you've seen it, but you've seen the look on Jay's face when Cody was telling Aye. Uh, it was going to be him that he was fuck. I've, he's one of the boys I battered, and Drew's already pissed. What's he going to be like? I think Randy Orton's going to turn in mm-hmm. um, on Jay or Cody in the middle of the match and cost it. I think that's the only reason he's in there. I don't think he's going to do much. I think he's just going to get in that ring and. Uh, an RQ on someone but I don't know what's your opinions on Orton being the fifth man I, I'm I'm one of these guys that I appreciate the work that Orton does if, if you go to any any wrestling seminar and I'm, I'm sure I've said this on here before if you go to any wrestling seminar whoever's taking it whoever the established wrestler that is or even any wrestling school they'll always say watch Randy Orton because in ring there's nobody better they, they say, you know, if you think you're going too slow, be like Lord Randy Orton and go even slower because his ring presence and his movement and stuff is fantastic. Personally, 
I don't like him as a character. I think he's he's had his moments. I, enjo- I enjoyed like the the Legend Killer run where they was going through like Mick Foley and and all of them back in the the mid two thousands. I think that the the last of the second to last run that he had with with the the world's greatest wrestling match that he had with Edge and all that, I thought it was very overindulgent. You know, thirty five forty minute matches uh, just to show that it, it could go that long. Uh, mm-hmm. Just had me, I, I had me switching off. Like I, I, I had no interest in them. I enjoyed the the prizal of the kind of the legend killer one, where basically uh, he was really during the lockdown. He basically kicked half the roster over to AEW. Um, <laughs> he was punting them like every day. Every every day that he's punted in that that is time as in AEW now. Uh, Big Show, Ric Flair, Edge, Christian. I think it's only Vince McMahon that, that survived. <laughs> Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy. Uh, Mark Henry as well. At one Jeff. point, he was. Yep. Yep. Just, 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 just punting folk all the time. So th- there's aspects of them that I appreciate, but I don't enjoy as such. And for coming in uh, as, as the fifth man in this one, I think he's probably a good make weight. Because Punk's not going to be there, the yeah. the I, I find that with WWE crowds they don't have a hardcore element as such. So because there will be like loads of kind of casual fans at it, uh, then I think Randy Orton being there they'll get enough of a pop. Uh, but yeah. <clears throat> I, th- I think he's uh, as we said the other week there bringing a guy that's just coming back from injury into. What's arguably the most violent match that WWE has in the calendar year? Uh, I think it's a bit risky, especially with Orton being a wee bit older now as well. They must have someone up their sleeve, though, uh, if they're somehow, if they're sort of shoehorning them into that. Um, I can't, yeah, like you're saying, I can't imagine. I would say if, much. if he's coming in as a fifth man, right, they, it means he, he comes in fresh. I think the they don't need him. They don't need to have him doing doing anything crazy, going through tables or, you know, doing something high risk off the cage. And, and Orton's never been that that type of guy anyway. Not not in recent years anyway. So I trust they would they would do something safe with him. I think it's good to bring back is is the for the pop because is that that's his mm-hmm. by far his longest ever spell. That was what 15, 16 months or something. He was on the sidelines. Matt Riddle was good. Last time he was there, I somewhat. Matt Riddle was still Matt Riddle when he was there. Was it no? Was it no after Lord and left that they just changed it to Riddle? They just got rid of his first name. I think, like you said, Chris, I've never been a huge Orton guy, but the older I get, the more I appreciate him. Of, and he is the kind of guy that that young aspiring wrestlers should look to. To to, uh, to imitate in many ways, like the, the psychology, the showmanship, you know how he played the crowd. He's one of those. He's one of the the best in the business when it comes to that. And you know he doesn't have bad matches at all. Um, if in he's he's the kind of guy that knows how to adapt to any match match kind and any kind of opponent as well. I think it's just great to have him back. And I think my guess is that this is. They might they might set him up for him and Roman at Royal Rumble. He's the one big um 
kind of A-lister that Roman's not faced in his, in his title run. And Orton's got the impetus of uh, not only breaking the, the Roman reign, but still going for the, the Flair record, or Flair and Cena record, as it's now called. Uh, you know, he would love mm. to be the, the guy that, that owns that. And I think that, that you know, is a good... Uh, a good warm-up for when eventually Cody goes over at WrestleMania. I think the thing is as well, like what Orton, like you're saying, he just gets so so undercredited a little bit as well because of his style. It's like, just in the same way that no one, I'm sure, was it Gary Neville that said it or someone, no one grows up and wants to be a left-back. Um, no one <laughs> grows up and wants to wrestle like Randy Orton. They always want to wrestle like Ricochet mm-hmm. and wrestle like Seth Rollins and everything. But unless you can wrestle like Randy Orton or wrestle um, the sort of fundamentals that he's got, you're never going to make it up to that. Fundamentals. Anyway. Good, fun- yeah, good exactly. fundamentals. And, uh, so I think he's underrated. <laughs> he opened a lot of people's eyes when he made that infamous tweet. Is that a lot of guys in NXT um, slap a lot of thighs. And he's currently hit the nail on the head. There's a lot yeah, of super so kicking on. going on where you can clearly see the thigh slap, and I think he opened a lot of people's eyes with that one. So he's he's a guy that not only wrestles sensibly, talks sensibly as well. Mm. He comes off, comes across as an asshole about it. But again, that's kind of one of the reasons why I like him in a way. I mean, there's no doubt he's a legend, and he's got all that that baggage of you know shitting in people's baggage <laughs> uh, and, and things like that. You know, being being a serial shagger back in the, the mid two thousands as well, and just just being the pick that nobody liked. I think I remember was it one of the the ruthless aggression uh, shows in the network. They were talking about the the evolution of evolution, uh, and yeah, you know, yeah, basically that saying one. that that they 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 brought they brought the Orton in basically to get him to to wise himself up. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was kind of like the all the, the old hands putting their arm around him, saying, "Look, mm. you've got all the, the the tools here. Just stop being a tool." Um, yeah. So. So, so uh, he's, he's he's got that. He's, he's he's got a Hall of Fame career. He's he's got to be there. Just personally, as as much as he's he's good, he's not specifically to my taste. But uh, as we spoke about the other week, there in regards to to the War Games match, he's not going to be the most dynamic addition when you're thirty five, forty minutes deep into that. You'll get the, you'll get the crowd to pop. You'll get an RKO. Uh, and and send everybody home happy, but he's not going to come in like all guns blazing. He's not going to come in with a fire on these these arse. He's going to come in. He's going to be methodical, and he'll he'll, he'll be Randy Orton. Yep. Yeah. No, I can't wait. It's good to have him back. Um, Chris, what what would you have his pick for the front page this week? Uh, I am going to go with the the young bucks losing their smile. Uh, the the news broken by Brandon Cutler of all people uh, on on Twitter other day they are saying that uh, uh, according to sources the young bucks uh, are, are are done for the wee while uh, and it's been brewing uh, they've not had the best twenty twenty three uh, in in reality and in kayfabe uh, they've had very few well considerably fewer matches on on live shows televised shows than they, they had in any other year the AEW's existence. The whole punk thing seems to have uh fucked with them a bit. I mean they after after Punk left, they you know they did their victory lap on collision, all that kind of stuff. They signed a new deal, everything was gonna be hunky dory. But 
for whatever reason, it's uh, shitey, shitey uh, for them just now. And the the loss to uh, the Golden Jets, which is a terrible name for the uh, for the a tag team, uh, it just makes me think of piss. It just makes me think of piss. <laughs> uh, the the loss and the the temper tantrum after it was obviously all the histrionics and whatnot. But there's there's definitely something not right in the in the the buck. Uh, camp uh, just now, and the fact that you know they are taking that time away, whether it is in storyline or whether you know they're, they're just wanting time off, if they're burnt out, if they're emotionally or mentally drained, whatever, uh, it's it's probably needed in all honesty because they do need some yeah. sort of reset. I mean, I've, I've heard I've heard rumors on on different podcasts that the whole thing is a work and. Uh, you know, there's going to be a full heel turn. There's going to be other people becoming uh, affiliated with them in some sort of new faction, which is not going to be the elite, that kind of stuff, uh, which would be interesting to see uh, because, you know, we've, for the last, well, since 2019, we've been so used to that Bucks and Hangman and Kenny uh, dynamic. Uh, but uh, for the, the two EVPs of the... Of the Pepsi uh, brand uh, to be taking time away just shortly after they've signed new contacts and stuff, and relinquishing the the uh, tag team title shot and, and everything that comes with it. Uh, it's just just a, a bit odd, uh, and for the the hardcore AEW fans, uh, it's maybe uh, it's maybe a bit jarring for them not having not having young Matthew and Nicholas there. Yeah, it's. The, the Bucks are have been in a weird place for for a while now. They, um, I, I, like a lot of people, I I I got fed up with them. They, it was it was it felt like seeing the same match over and over again, um, and it's it's the same get up, it's the same entrance, uh, the same pose, and you know the same kind of tired uh, storylines. Um, in in promos, and the, the the I remember them in the main show they talked to in the past about the box. I've also heard this talked about in other um uh, podcasts. It's, it's not like they, they they're not on they're not bad guys the box, but they are they are really unlikable. They come across <laughs> as so up their own arse. They um they come across as really uh, ob- obnoxious, like. like and you know, and after I heard since, I like, you know what, it's true. Like, because uh, you know, they're not bad guys in any in any way. You know, they they love what they they do, and they've you know, Christ, they've, they've helped build the second biggest wrestling company in in the world. They deserve credit uh, credit for that, and they they deserve their flowers in that in that regard. They've also uh, arguably spearheaded the return of tag team uh, wrestling back to prominence. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so. We've got a lot to be grateful, grateful uh, to them for, but they do come across as so obnoxious and um, and really t- times it an- annoying. Like I was a fan of BT for a while, and until it just became this really cringy, um, kind of you know softly uh, un- undercut kind of. Uh, shooting at WWE kind of show, and I just thought, yes, one of, yeah, it's one of those things. Like, 
the Bucks just need a hard reset, don't they? Everyone does at one stage. Yeah. I was thinking that before you said it yourself. I was going to chime in where it doesn't. It doesn't seem like they've 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 not really changed up much. I, I couldn't really tell you whether they were clear heels or clear faces at any point. Really, Aye, maybe just, that's because that stuff. because you're because it's maybe you're saying it's just because they're so un, uh, unlikable at points. It's Mm-hmm. So you can't really, you can't really root for them as underdogs or anything like that. No, um, I don't know whether they've got that sort of EVP stink on them where you you can't really get root root for them. And when they're heels, you can't really, you can't really believe that either. Maybe maybe need to just come back with someone different. Um, maybe change up their style a little bit. Um, because the new day have been the new day for about ten years, is it? Uh, ten years or so, the new day's been the new day. Um, they've been champions what seven or eight, nine, ten times, but you you never really get bored of them. You know what I mean? Mm. See if I seen, see if I seen a Kofi Kingston and uh, Xavier Woods versus the Uso match tomorrow. I'd I'd tune in and I'd probably be pleasantly surprised with that. Um, I I don't know why that is. I can't really put my finger on why the the box. Sorry, even though you know you're probably going to get a, wanna, I, a, a Meltzer no, style match, it's just... I, 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 as much as I love both tag teams, I don't want to see another Young Bucks Lucha Brothers match. Because it's just mm. going to be the same one that happened two years ago, three years ago, etc. Yeah, you, don't, you, don't, you don't feel excitement from that anymore. Mm. Nah, so, yeah, Maybe that's, that's good. That's what they need to do is, like, whenever they come back, they... They, they sort of parody FTR and it's no flips, just fists. So they can mm-hmm. tease their Meltzer drivers, they mm-hmm. can tease tease their indie takers, all this stuff, but not actually do them. And it's just it's just ground and pound, just ground and pound, this new side to the Young Bucks, this new hard kick-ass, kick-ass stuff. And then, you know, when, when they have the inevitable face turn again, that's when they bring back all the, the, the flippy stuff. That's the yeah, thing uh, I know. That's the thing as them being what? heels and that as well. It's they always I... they all on you go, Chris. Uh, Steve. <clears throat> no, I was just talking about how it's even them being heels, it's like it needs to be someone like that, Chris. It's like it's like they can't not it's it's ingrained in them when they're on the apron, it's like fuck I need to do a four fifty splash into three Canadian destroyers and Mm-hmm. It's like they need they need to get it out of them. It's like they can't just sort of change up their style and be a bit more, like you're saying, a bit more ground and pound, a bit more unpredictable things like that. You always know where it's it's going to go. They they have the same sort of endings to matches, but like you said, as unlikable as they are, they they are one of the best tag teams in the world still. But to stay there, they need to they need to be able to reinvent themselves. Mm-hmm. I've always thought it wouldn't hurt them to try a singles run. I, 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 like Nick, especially Nick's had some good, great singles matches, so I think he could do something. I think the general consensus is Nick is seen as the the Jeff, whereas Matt, ironically, is, is seen as the Matt. Compare them to the Hardy Boys, so I wouldn't I wouldn't hurt them to try a a singles run. I think Nick definitely would uh, would benefit with that, and Matt could maybe do something where. How about he coaches a young tag team? Somebody like um, Top Flight when um, Dante eventually 
uh, returns. Mm. You know, I mean, maybe he could be the guy that kind of galvanizes the young um, tag teams and helps guide them, mold them a wee bit. I think I could be a decent angle to to work with. You know, let's like, you know, let's do something with it. We actually separate for it for a wee bit. Mm. Uh, let, let's try the, that the, for the, six months. The the young bucks become the old vets, kind of thing. Uh huh. Aye. Yeah. Just like like let's let's let let, let Nick have a. I run with I don't know when he chases the international belt, something like that. Um, Osprey's about to, to come back. I'd, I'd I'd love to see those two have a match against each other. Mm. Um, so let, let's let's do something like that. That's a good shoot. That's a good shoot. Yeah. Uh, so two very good shoots there. Um, I think I'll go with Lewis for this one because uh, I th- I think. Um, I just, I think I'm just, I'm just excited for Randy Orton's return. It's just like the more positive story um, going forward. I, I would say, I mean, not, not the, the young bucks taking time off is is such a negative thing. It's just good to have Randy Orton back. And for the headline, I'm going to go for uh, for this one. I'm going to say, time to get Randy for an Orton return. Nice, nice, I like some, it. Some unnecessary holiness there. Um, <laughs> Um, now for the in our back page, we like to talk about uh, what our, what our favourite match of the past seven days was, and there's been no shortage of Matt Classics and crazy hardcore matches uh, recently, and our journals need to find out to determine which one gets prime coverage on the rear end of our publications. Uh, uh, Lose you one uh, that that first uh, that uh, first pick. So what have you got for the back page? So. I, I'm an absolute fiend for hardcore matches. Um, <laughs> I, 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 uh, they just capture my attention unlike any other match. And the, the Swerve Hangman match um, mm. might be the most sickening match I've ever watched in my life. And it was absolutely brilliant. And I loved it. And to be honest, I've, I've already been going a wee bit here and I've not got an hour to speak about this. I could speak about it all night. So what I've done is I've just written top 10 spots on a bit <laughs> of paper and I've just got 10 things that happened in a match and I'm just going to rattle them off and say yeah. say a very short statement about each of them and then I'll, I'll you guys can chime in as well. So the first thing I've wrote was 450 splash onto the glass. First thing about that is you've got your man lined up there with glass all over his back. You've got a repertoire of moves that you've probably learned over the 10 years, 15 years that Swerve's been a wrestler. And he's decided to do a 450 splash on him. First thing about that, um, why? Um, (laughs) He's injured himself as much as he's injured him. Um, Second thing that always pops me is Swerve's entrance. Um, And they they turned up to 10 here. They had, (laughs) there we go, if you could sign up to the Patreon, you might get about Chris Dancing. It was way yeah. too wholesome um, for, for a match for the for the match that was about to happen as well. For what was about to happen. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, the un- unnecessary horniness with the four women there as well. We'll keep that going. Um <laughs> but oh na- uh The Nanettes. I heard somebody call them the Nanettes. Uh, <laughs> get them every week. I'll tune in. Get one more viewer. Uh, but no, that get, uh, that just gets you gets you hyped all the time. One of my pals said to me after the match, he went, 
unbelievable match where Swerve just has zero aura. And I couldn't disagree with that anymore. I, I feel uh, like... Don't me. Don't me. I'm going to have to. I feel like Swerve's just, <laughs> without even saying anything, he's brilliant. He's just the... Uh, whose house? All that gets like, the crown in the palm of his hand. Um, third one, pile driver on a barricade. Don't think I've ever seen that before. Maybe... No. Who the fuck kept the barricade? That's insane. Exactly. How, how they got... kept the vertebrae from like just collapsing <laughs> is is unreal as well. Just getting dropped on top of your head at any point is horrific. Getting done on something, you know, the the width of pretty much the microphones that we are using the night. Uh, it's solid steel, Un- unbelievable, unbelievable. Fourth thing, um, am I right in saying I, I, I've I've written this down, but I can't remember it. A chair shot to hangman's head. The, oh, it was the, a chair shot. The, 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 oh, the, 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 I remember that. Well, I've got it. It's come back now. Yeah, mm. and and there's the one where he's at the top rope and he tries to he kind of tries to hit him in the back with a barbed wire, but he catches him right in the back of the head and it gets caught in his hair. That was brutal. Aye. That was near the very start, and that one was brutal. Because um, he looked like he got in his eye. I know. Mm. I know. I'm surprised they both survived that. To be honest, number six I've got rent. It could have been number one staples. Um, there was a spot where. Have you heard just... Cornet's rant? I've I've Not seen yet, no. I've seen the headline, but I didn't give him the 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 glory of clicking on it. You can I don't want to give him, I, don't, I don't want to give him the satisfaction, right? But it is it's 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 along the lines of that one motherfucker was stapling the other motherfucker in his titty. What the fuck's going on? He's trying <laughs> to say that he should have punched him with it instead of put staples in it. It's a fucking staple gun, Jim. What, what, for the effect of the crowd, what was he meant to be doing with it? You f- aye. Oh. Keeping k busy. <laughs> but I, uh, he started, and then he just, he just started walking into them. He just hates AW. Aye. Um, moonsault with a chair um, to the outside. Mm. Just a, a barbed wire chair. Completely unpredictable what's going to happen. Fuck it. 20 feet in the air. Right on thumb. <laughs> um, number nine. Um, I've written the the box shot lariat with the barbed wire wrapped around Swerve's head. That might uh, yeah. that might be one of the sickest parts of the match as well. I looked at him when he was lining up and Swerve's just standing there completely dazed with a barbed wire wrapped around his skull. I was like, surely not. It's, it's one of those in WWE where it, you know it's getting reversed. You know that. It's somehow mm. getting reversed. They're not going through with this. But with AEW, they were just going... Well, a lot of moments in that match, we're going right. Yeah, so how's he going to get with this one? No, he doesn't. Straight onto his head, um, <laughs> which made that a little bit more memorable than other matches. So that box shot, and then he did the the, the power bomb and the the dead eye. Uh, it was dead eye off the top rope as well, uh, through the barbed wire, all that. Or oh. and the last two I've got written down are. I'll. I'll this, these can be my number two and number one. The hang spot at the end. I was thinking, how how does this match end if they've hit each other with a finishers with barbed wire wrapped around their head, through glass onto guardrails and everything? And I was saying to my pal, I was like, this can't get any worse. And he just hangs the man with a chain. Um, I don't know what sort of that's in good taste or whatever, but. Um, there was no other way that either of them were winning that match. They just kept getting up, so fuck it, chain round the neck. 
Um, and then the tenth thing, which my number one is, Swerve's bleeding. You should probably see this coming. Swerve's bleeding. Hangman gets under him. <laughs> gets the blood in his mouth and spits out like Triple H. Oh. Top, Aye. top, most fucked hardcore thing I think I've ever seen in discounting death death matches from other promotions and WWE AEW that could very well be the most fucked thing I've ever seen. Um, so I'm not going to say much more about it, but yeah, fucking hell. You you missed out one uh, thing in your list there, which was, was the something actually. Like the cinder block, the, the two cinder block spots, oh. the the, oh. the 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 brain buster on it, and then before yeah. the the hanging was uh, was was pretty grim, pretty grim. Because you, you you're fully ex- you're fully expecting that when anybody gets stopped in that cinder block, it's just going to disintegrate. You know, you're not expecting yeah. it to be an actual fucking brick. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, but they're just madmen, absolute madmen. It's, it's, it's lunacy, and I think I, I loved it. But at the same time, the is the match going on? I'm, I'm thinking, please, lads, no more, for fuck's sake. It's, that's probably the the, it's, the good way. I feel in a hardcore match, that's how they want you. I I know, but it's I I, I, I was I was getting worried for him because think how they both bled very early on and they were. Gushing everywhere, and I'm thinking, fuck me, like they need to, they need to wrap this up because the longer this goes, the the, the longer the two of them are, are, are going to need a blood transfusion. The blood that Aye. much is it's getting scary now, and um, I it was it was an absolutely mental, mental, insane match. I thought, um, I thought like I knew it was going to be the match of the night just because the the the, feud, the feud's been excellent. How personal they've made it, um, and how you can you can just like tell the chemistry the two of them have as well. They mm-hmm. they're really good foils to each other. It's been a um, it's been a great feud. Might actually already be my feud of the year but, mm. because I think they've all they've they've, they've kind of made each other away. Um, Swerve so especially, I, I think. I I think this is. We we knew that Swerver's a star. I think this is this is now put him front and center to maybe the next be the next champion. I, I think, would I would I would champion that. I would champion him being champion. Uh-huh. I think like I, I'm not a I'm not a death match guy. I'm not a, a hardcore guy, but I am a Swerve guy, mm. and I I just think that the the progression he's made over the last twelve months. In terms of his character, in terms of his in ring, in ter- like you, your your pal that says he's getting no order, you mm. like, I, I just, I, I, would, I would, I would, I would, I'd fight him, I'd fight him in that. Yeah. Um, but he's just like, I, I didn't know much about him outside of of this AEW run. I know that he was he was in NXT for a bit and get called up and then get released and whatnot in WWE. But I think that. The, this last year has been the making of him, and again, without getting too entrenched in the fire of AEW, never had a black male champion. Uh, I think the everything coming together to make Swerve the, the the champion at some point in twenty twenty four, it's got to happen. It's got to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just I just think he's he's paid his dues. He's over like fuck. He's got Prince Nana as. You know, a, a heater or, or you know, a, a foil, whatever. Uh, 
the fact that he's got his own stable that's actually working now. Because uh, I think they they had like the the Mogul affiliates. Uh, that that was just an absolute. Was it Parker Boudreau and some other uh, jobber? Oh, with tattoos. Aye, uh, they, they had that. I thumbed it off. That just looked looked shit. But now he's got Brian aye. Cage and the the other H tag team. I forget what they're called. The Gates of Agony. Aye, the Sohans are Sohan. The I, I think the fact that he's got that around him, they built that around him, and that was ab- an absolutely star-making performance at the weekend. Absolute star, uh, and it's it's just it's on Tony Khan now not to drop the ball with him. Aye. One last thing on that as well, eh? it's, that's um, my one apprehension here. It's like yeah, because we've been here before with Wardlow. Aye. remember when Wardlow had that big win against MJF for world. He was red hot. We were calling him the best monster baby facing Goldberg and all that. And within six months later, he was getting made a, a tit out of by Samoa Joe. So I'm confident they, 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 they're not going to have this with Swerve because his talent's through the roof and he's, um, he's now got a blockbuster feud in the making now with MJF and I think he has got to be the guy that takes the belt off MJF the stars are aligned now it's, it's surely going to happen and aye that match was it's just something else and if you've not watched it yet guys we could get on it but word of warning uh, viewer discretion advised if you are, if you squeeze it if you get on easier blood <laughs> yeah yeah it's 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 don't basically you know, don't let your mum see it because it'll, it'll, yeah. it'll horrify her. <laughs> I, th- I, th- I think, I, I can't remember who it was that, that had seen it. It might not even have been a tweet. It might even have been just something that I dreamt and, and thought it was a tweet. But someone, something somewhere, I saw a description of this match as having the ability to make your knees weak and your dick hard at the same time. <laughs> it's it's just, it's... it's, it's unnecessary hard. horniness. It's, Yep, sorry, but bye. Well, the uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure folk no. listening to this have had more challenging wanks than that. <laughs> I, with them, with Swerve as well, last wee thing about it, um, if you like seeing Swerve in hardcore matches, digging into my, my vast depth of wrestling knowledge here from other promotions, Many of you might know who listening. I don't know. If, I presume you two might know. Lucha Underground he used to be called Killshot, um, yes. and he yes, he had a match against Dante Fox, which uh, is widely known as the one of the best matches in Lucha Underground history, um, and it was almost as hardcore as that, um, in a slightly different style as well. And they got they, they sort of show they they showed their um, high flying as well in that, so a bit of mix of hardcore and high flying as well. Dante Fox and, Fox, yeah, I'm sure it is. Yeah, it is Air Fox. Um, so that was that was them and uh, Lucha Underground. So yeah, if you've not got enough from watching that match, go over, get on the YouTube machine, and type in, uh, yeah, Dante Fox Ar Fox versus Kill Shot, and you'll be. Pleasantly surprised. Mm, Informed for one week we are. Informed. Um, 
Bring the knowledge. Bring the knowledge. Um, I know, I've had to. Embarrass myself in 15 weeks straight. Great pick for Chris, that's a big, big act to follow. Um, What would be your pick? Yep, uh, I'm not going to spend too much time on it because I I think we believe that that is the match of the week. Uh, But I think uh, as an alternate, I'm going to go with uh, the main event from Full Gear. MJF versus Jay White. Uh, the 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 match itself was decent. It's not, it's not the best match you'll ever watch, but it had its moments. Uh, but there was also a lot along with it uh, as well, uh, which yeah. has been well documented on online and other other podcasts and whatnot. Uh, the fact that MJF had a gammy leg, which is all bandaged up, and Jay White was in the ring with him for half an hour and still couldn't beat him. Not a good look for Jay White. Uh, and again, put, putting that onus back on Tony Khan, what does he do to connect that? Mm. And that'll be interesting to see because Jay White is too good a talent to be, you know, not not jobbing out, but to, to be soft in a loss like that mm. uh, against the weekend opponent. Uh, Adam Cole not cleared to defend the ROH tag team titles but well enough to headline in MJF's absence. <laughs> that was, yeah, it doesn't make sense. Didn't think things through here, yeah. Yep, there was, uh, that, there was a bit of an issue with that. Uh, no, there was no uh, nothing about the devil at all uh, in the in the match. You know, I think every, like certainly I was expecting before the the wee Kylon thing came up at the bottom of the screen at the. As MJF and Adam Cole were going back up the ramp, I was expecting a lights out or or something to happen with the devil. Mm-hmm. Nothing on there. I mean, that maybe does suggest that Adam Cole was the devil because obviously they couldn't have the devil appear if he was already on screen, kind of thing. So it's maybe because of that. But again, I think that was maybe a kind of a damp squib bit to the ending. Uh, so those, those were those were a couple of the things that I had issues with in terms of the match itself. I did enjoy a lot of what went on in thing with it. Uh, I liked the uh, MJF selling his leg. Uh, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed that, just showing how much pain he was in, how he wasn't going to give up, that kind of thing. I liked we still had all the scumbaggery with it, you know, with the, the attempts to get the, the Dynamite Diamond thing in, the belt in, and uh, it was foiled on each occasion, which again kind of maybe plays into the, the Adam Cole being not a, as much of a bro chacho as MJF hopes, because he kept fucking it up. Um, but I think the my highlight of the of the match was the the man who has a gammy leg and has been selling it all match somehow managing to leap over the top rope to deliver a cutter off the apron uh, and then get back up because if if I tried that with two good legs. I would have broken legs uh, at the combination of doing that move. Uh, I just thought it was a great bit of athleticism from MJF to do that. Obviously, Jay White did a lot to protect him in the, the waves coming down, but I just thought as a visual, we were talking earlier on, you know, about Randy Orton coming into War Games and delivering an RKO. I don't think he's going to be capable of hitting a better cutter than what we saw last weekend uh, at any point during War Games, unless he does it off the top of the cage. Uh, and I'm happy. I'm happy that MJF uh, retained. Uh, I think 
they, they, they did too much showing of Jay White with the belt in the lead up to it to know that, that like to, to give it to him kind of thing. I mean, it, it did look good on him. I'm not going to lie. I think at some point we will see Jay White as the 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 AW World Champion, but there's going to be a lot of course correction because you can't have someone that just lost to a one-legged man after 30 minutes as the spearhead of your company at the minute. Uh, so yeah, I, I said I was going to be succinct on that. I think I've just spoken for about four and a half minutes. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, the the swerve the swerve match was was far better in terms of. Emotion, drama, violence, dick hardness, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but <laughs> as a, an alternate to that, uh, I think uh, there was well, there was a lot of confusing stuff. There was still a lot of good in, in the main event. Yeah, it's like, it was like a, a great main event match. But um, yeah, the the thing there that what well, I kind of felt like, what was the whole point of the leg injury thing? Um, other than making MJF look. Like this mighty hero uh, overcoming uh, adversity and uh, vanquishing uh, a great and deadly f- f- uh, foe while he was at this great de- uh, disadvantage. You know, he doesn't need that, you know, and, and it has weakened Jay White a lot. Um, mm. And the other thing I'd say is like, I love MJF to death, I really do. I think he is the biggest star in wrestling right now. My one major criticism is is that his title matches do end up being an overbooked mess. I remember the the Four Pillars match again, great match, but there was a lot of blatantly planned spots that made it feel very disjointed at times. You had the cool match at Wembley, had a bit of that as well. Sometimes I just want, I would just like him to have just a good normal match. He's had that. And he's some of his collision and dynamite matches, the Garcia match, mm. was just a, a good normal match, nothing brilliant, but you know, hardly a hardly a stinker, just a good solid solid match. Um, that was the other issue that I had as well, and I don't know if I missed something on the the pre show, but because Joe helped MJF retain the ROH tag team titles, Joe is guaranteed. A title shot at MJF. Uh, I was going to come. Into why? Why is he not? Why is he well, not coming? To his help so, because why, why is he not trying to help him out? That 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 kind of stuck with me as well. Oh, like, why was she shoot. not the one? Why was he not the one that was sent out to face Jay? That would make a heck, a heck of a lot more sense. Yep. Yep. Uh, Aye, so, so yeah, it's it's confu- confusing booking, but the uh, thing is as well with them, it's like. It seems to be the difference between them and WWE is see the conveyor belt of of booking when it starts with the top man in WWE and it gets it, it kind of gets passed around the room maybe can you pick a fault in this can you pick a fault in this and as it goes through the conveyor belt all the the silliness and the the sort of the disjointedness of the booking sort of falls off I and you get more yeah you get more of a a finished product at the end, whereas if I feel with AEW, you've got such. I don't know. I, I'm obviously not in the room, but I just get the vibe that there's less people saying no to things and just saying, "Go for it, and we'll see about see what it does." You know what I mean? And that kind of gets because you've had so many yeses and just so much. Go for it, um, and we'll see how it goes. The... It comes. It comes off with a few few botches and a few um, 
confused faces at the end of it, even though it might have been a good match. There's still, like you're saying, a lot of disjointedness into the booking. We we hear that a lot of the top guys in AW get a lot of their own creative freedom in their matches, and that and that and like I'm all for the guys, the boys getting their own um, creativity and breathing space. But I don't. I, I think so, I think somebody needs to be there to say, look, guys, I don't think that's a good idea. We need mm-hmm. sometimes the the simple and easy way is the, is the best way. You know, you don't need to make yeah. all this this overcomplicated uh, mess, you know, and, you, you know, there, there's there's such a thing as, as, as too much, you know, it, it does feel like there's too much at times. Um, I think it's like, all you, all you really needed in that match was, um, sorry mate, uh, all you needed in that match was just a decent match between MJF and Jay White looking, sorry both of them coming out looking strong and then give us some devil, yeah. devil stuff at the end. You know what I mean? It's like, and right, it keeps you hooked like, for the next episode. You don't need a whole load of shenanigans. I normal, I know, like, a fully fit MJF beating Jay White clean is not detrimental to Jay White. You know, he could, you know, he could survive that. Yeah. But but him losing MJF, well, MJF was basically a, a one-legged man in ass, an ass-kicking contest. That's, that's hurt Jay White long-term. And, I, and, I th- and, I, and I'm pretty sure Tony Khan after the show saying, shit, we fucked up there. We've just, we've just hurt Jay White. So, aye, there's, um, aye, there, there's, there needs to be a kind of, um, somebody just needs to put their sensible hat on sometimes in AEW. Um, I know we're tight for time, Chris, I just want to ask one thing very quickly. It's not confirmed, but all signs are pointing to MJF signing a new contract with AEW because a, a story I read is that WWE insiders I've said that they've they're pretty certain MJF um, won't be signing the M. He'll be keep, he'll be staying on with AW. Is that does that mean he's going to keep the belt for longer, or is this just him deciding? You know what? I'm happy here. Um, I'm earning good money. I'm one of the top. I'm one of the top guys. May as well stay here. Uh, I think it's probably co- a bit of column A, a bit of column B uh, on it. I think mm-hmm. uh, he's. I mean, he's he's what over a year now as the the AEW champion. He's he's of value to that company. He's seen the likes of Will Osprey coming in. Uh, he's still got a lot of guys, a lot of top level guys that he's not faced yet as champion uh, in AEW, uh, which he maybe might not get afforded that opportunity straight away if he goes over to WWE. Uh, I think seeing a contract extension maybe makes him more desirable. You know, because another few years under his belt, where he does become this, like if he becomes this crossover star that we think mm-hmm. he's going to be, especially if you know Iron Claw, if it does really well at the at the, at the box office, it's going to raise his stock uh, again in that. And I, I think the contract extension that it's, it's going to work out well for for everybody, because uh, I mean you might even find WWE maybe try and buy out his contract. You know, if if they see that there is going to be some sort of worth in it, and they're not shy of money, uh, so that could be that could be a factor as well. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's safe to say now he is. AW is probably number one guy in terms of homegrown talent. He is their baby, um, and they're probably going to build the the company around around them. It's, mm-hmm. it's it's him. It's Darby. It's uh, the other the other pillars probably now Osprey 
And I think I guess you could maybe say Swerve as well. Mm-hmm. I think that's the future of AEW. Um, but but um, two very very good picks there, guys. But I think as you've said it itself, it's got to be Swerve Hangman. It was just an absolutely batshit crazy insane holy shit match. Um, some people will probably have it as their their match of the year. Uh, for my headline for it, I'm going to say Swerve Hangs the Hangman in a hardcore classic. Good stuff. Uh, Good point stuff. To, point to Lewis. Um, now we'll take a quick break um, to bring our, cent- our centrefold, our very own Chris Jackcock with everyone's favourite handsome and bold YouTuber Simon Miller recently. Um, and uh, we bring to you this, the long-awaited second instalment of Chris's interview with Stop your head twice and say why, Simon Miller. Enjoy. Uh, so yeah, uh, obviously you, you the, the juggling the 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 job the, the day job against the the wrestling. It must it must be you know quite taxing. I mean, after what was it like forty eight hours after Turning Point, you were over here in Belfast. Uh, for for the show as well was it was that is that the kind of the closest you felt to being, uh, you know, like a, a top level wrestler in terms of the, the travel schedule that you have, you know, going from one country to another after after that kind of show. Yeah, I think so, especially because yeah, it was Friday in Newcastle, Saturday I was in Accrington doing another show, and then Sunday I flew to I flew to Ireland. Yeah, so I think in terms of sort of the schedule, it was. But, you know, I've been so lucky to wrestle in South Korea. I wrestled in America. You know, I wrestled in Europe and. It's amazing that I've been given I've been given those opportunities. But no, yeah, in terms of what a WWE superstar must go through, <laughs> I think those three days were, uh, yeah, they were they they were a bit of an eye opener and and more power to them. I think it would have helped me massively if somebody was paying me millions of dollars, though. I'll say that if I had that dangling <laughs> carrot, I think it would have been oh, easier. Yeah. But seriously, more power to them. And I think sometimes we all have to remember that for them to go through the um, the mire that they do and then still perform to the level that they're able to is 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 incredible. Like is one of a kind stuff. Was it was there quite a, a notable difference between you know performing for the Turning Point crowd and then going to Accrington and then Malone Rugby Club <laughs> on, on the Sunday? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, because it's different crowds. So Friday is a pay per view, right? So there's timing cues and there's a story, and you've got Scott Demore saying, "I need this, damn it!" As he should do, it's his show, and you know the crowd's going to be a little bit more indie-rific or adult, whichever word we want to use. Mm. And I know the crowd on Saturday and Sunday was going to be more of a family crowd. So, for example, without wanting to pull the curtain back too much, uh, much if I give Joe Hendry a clothesline on Friday, Joe Hendry's going to fill that clothesline. You know what I mean? Like, he's yeah. going <laughs> to he get a clothesline. On Saturday, is my opponent going to fill that clothesline as much? No. No, they're probably not. And very sadly, sometimes these um, more family shows get out there on YouTube. And people see these little BIP clotheslines. They're like, well, Miller, you don't know what you're doing. It's like, bro... The kids react whether you kill somebody or not. So why would you kill them? <laughs> That's the beauty and the skill of professional wrestling is, you know, listening to the crowd and understanding it. But yeah, look, the family shows are amazing because you can just give somebody slams over and over again and watch a 10-year-old lose their mind. Mm. And again, shows like Friday are amazing because you've got to bring something completely different because they've seen everything. They've seen, and they've seen everything that week as well because they're, they're, they're like hawks. So 
that's, I think, another reason why wrestling is so great. Because, you, you, again, and I'm not saying I'm the best at it. I'm getting better all the time, hopefully. But you do have to go out there and listen. What, does it, what, what do these fans want? And you've got to give it to them. And, again, you're wrestling in front of kids. It's going to be a lot easier. Not easier. It's just a lot more over-the-top and silly. Yeah. Whereas in, in front of a more adult crowd, maybe you need to lay your stuff in a bit more just so they can switch off that nerd part of their brain <laughs> and start suspending their disbelief. So... But yeah, man, like I, I didn't really understand how cool it was to do a family show until I started doing family shows. And you realize you can just have the time of your life over the oh, top yeah. nonsense. Ah, it's great. It's the best. <laughs> it, it's mad. Like the, the majority of shows that I worked when I was wrestling were all family shows. In fact, the uh, the venue you worked in Belfast was where I made my debut. Fantastic. Uh, the, Love it. Was, oh, it was the night that uh, my, my debut ended the promotion because the promotion folded uh, at the end of that show pretty that's, much. That's quite, that's quite the, 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 the feat, man. That's amazing. Yeah. But the, but the, but the crowds uh, that are performed in front of it is, it's just, it's the gaga, it's the pantomime of it. And because it is, you know, family-friendly stuff, uh, you not not that you can get away with more, but you, you you know that you're getting the reaction more because you're you know hearing the, the kids scream and boo yeah. and, and whatnot. And, and less is more, right? Less is more on those shows. Yeah. It just is. The kid wants to see the slam, react to the slam. He wants to make eye contact with you to be like, oh, we're all part of it together. Then you go on to something else. But yeah, it's a shame that more people don't understand that. But then again, they don't have to either. That's not their mm. job. Their job isn't to understand that at all, so... No, but the, the crowds have been doing a great job of catching your attention on uh, worldwide television o- over the last couple of years. Uh, there's very few uh, American wrestling shows uh, that get broadcast where there's not a sign uh, asking for you to give it an up. <laughs> how, how does that feel, you know, ha- having that kind of uh, influence on the crowds, making people, you know, go and get their Crayolas uh, before they go to the show just to make sure that you're, you're, uh, you're going to notice them? Yeah, it's the coolest thing ever. Like, I, mean, I never get my head around it, and nor do I ever want to get my head around it. I never want it to feel normal, because I think that would suck. But from the first time I saw it to the last time, again, be it in all these crazy parts of the world, the fact that people are that invested in the show is, again, because cause it's my job. I don't upload the video and then go, oh, who's watching it? I just upload the video. Mm. Like, I worry about metrics, because that's part of my job. But, you know, I don't, I don't actually think individual people are... I think I'd go crazy if I thought that. But to think that people enjoy it to such a degree that they want to write something down on a sign and try and get it broadcast on TV, even if it's just because they want to be a part of the show itself. They want to tune in and go, that's my sign. That's cool, man. And that's a community. Um, and I, get, I, I use this word a lot, but it's true. I just feel very blessed that that's a thing. I never thought that was going to be a thing when I started doing it. I didn't know where it, I didn't know where it was going to head. And every time you do see it, it's like... It's almost like, you know, people get bonuses in real jobs at the mm-hmm. end of the year. I don't get that. So I like to think this is my bonus. <laughs> my bonus <laughs> is I get to look out and see people being super duper nice. And yeah, I'll, I'll never be able to say thank you enough. And it never gets old. It never gets boring. It really doesn't. It's just the coolest thing. And like we talked about before we started, there's been stuff in Saudi Arabia. You know, there's there's been stuff in Australia. It's just, <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> I understand how it happens, but... As long as people are enjoying it, and as long as we can enjoy this stupid thing together, then yeah, I think we've created something cool, which is nice. Yeah. Again, it could go away tomorrow, and everybody would forget about it. I understand, I understand how these things work, but at the moment, yeah, it, it's um, I feel very what's that word again? But I feel very privileged that I get to be at the centre of whatever this is. Smashing, excellent. Now, before that, I let you go, Simon. Uh, for anyone that's kind of watching the clips of this that, that we put up, you'll notice that I have a, a bright blue moustache in aid of uh, Movember. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm doing it. Uh, I'm, I'm doing it. Hopefully through part of my work. I'm still trying to get my work on board with it, uh, but I thought you know I might as well go out on a limb and do it myself. And uh, one of the things I've been doing as well is the moustache. 
is I have been writing a poem and posting it on Instagram every day about uh, celebrities or famous people uh, that are testicularly compromised, shall we say. Uh, so I was going to, I was wanting to see if I could get an up from you in regards to uh, the poem that I'm putting out today. Uh, and it kind, it kind of resonates. I, I'd imagine, you know, with, with you being, you know, a, bit, a big meaty man, Simon, I'd imagine that you, <laughs> you, you're a fan of uh, a Mr. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, yeah, massively. So there is, and again, I, I need to say this is allegedly, allegedly Mr. Schwarzenegger only has the, the one testicle uh, <laughs> due to uh, certain things that, that helped him to get to the size that he is. Uh, so I've written this poem called The Arnold Classic, uh, so I'm going to see if I can get an up from you on this in the aid of Movember. Uh, so it goes like this. If it's true lies, Arnold Schwarzenegger is minus one gonad. That steroid abuse barbarised it like Conan. That his clacker bag isn't home to a full pair of twins. I've an idea better than Batman and Robin. Just like Prince Albert came to name a Pierce knob, we should name the orchiectomy after kindergarten cop. Or Turbo Man, Dutch, Quaid or the Terminator when it becomes Judgment Day for one sperminator. The surgery to remove a man's troublesome testicle to save a good life by expending an expendable. An operation like his acting, more action than dramatic, should be given the name The Arnold Classic. Very nice, very nice. Round of applause. I like it, I like <laughs> <Thanks>. it. <laughs> no, I think, it's, um, I think it's really cool that you're, you're doing that in celebration of november is that the right word i don't know yeah because... it's sort of tribute there's a few of that i've done one about tupac one about lance armstrong uh the one yesterday was who was yesterday i've done about five or six of them so far so the aim is to try and get to 30 of them yeah, uh, yeah. which is, is is pretty much the challenge but but yeah well, I, I think it's really interesting as well like we don't know what the truth is with arnold schwarzenegger <laughs> we have no idea yeah but let's, let's say he did have one testicle removed right i actually think that's a great message to put out there because it just shows mm. people. Don't worry about it, man. If you've got a problem, go get it sorted. Because you know, I still have, I'm sure you do, I'm sure everyone listening, again, that's why the cause is so good. People are so scared about going to the doctors and having someone fiddle with their balls or sticking a finger up their ass to check their prostate. Of course they are. I totally understand that. That doesn't sound like a fun day out, does it? That sounds, that sounds <laughs> terrible. But, you know, I think it's great that these, uh, these campaigns are there. And even like you say, you, you doing that poem, you don't know, someone could see it, somebody could laugh. And in that yep. moment of feeling good, they could go, I'll just go get it checked. Do you know what I mean? They could. Mm-hmm. And that's so cool cool and that's so important so no i i and especially because now they've kind of moved the campaign on to talk about mental health as well yeah Uh, you know that that is also excellent because i've been talking about that again not not that well i'm ahead of the game or anything but i've been talking about that for years because again so many of my male friends just won't they don't want to open up because they think it's you know it's not a manly thing to do which is the dumbest the dumbest sentence of all time although i understand Mm -hmm. it too of course i understand it like and I think the more we can get it out there, the more people can just say, you know what, I feel pretty crap today. And even just saying that to someone, sometimes you feel less crap. So, yeah, fingers crossed. And uh, more power to you, man. I respect the moustache. I respect the poem. And you most definitely getting up. Good for you. Smashing. I like it. Yes. Thank you very much, Simon. I'll, I'll take that with me. I'll take that with me. But listen, thank you very much uh, for your time today, Simon. Uh, it's been great. Uh, the Wrestling Daft listeners, they're, if they're listening to me, they're definitely listening to you and watching you on YouTube as well. <laughs> Get mad. Uh, so, uh, so thank you very much. And uh, the, the last thing I'll ask you, are we going to be seeing you in TNA in the, in the new year at all? So, I don't know is the answer, but if there is another tour in 2024, am I going to shoot my shot, as one Cody Rhodes once said? Yeah. Absolutely. So, I shall leave you with three letters, three letters, three words. Watch this space. 
smashing thank you very much Simon <laughs> all the best thanks man I appreciate it thank you very much Chris for that interview um, Simon Miller truly is one of the good guys of wrestling YouTube I highly recommend anyone checks out his uh, work especially his Y videos uh, and it's great to see him uh, doing so well in ring and he had a, he had a great uh, feud there with uh, Scotland's own Joe, Joe Henry in Impact and I hope to see more of them. So yeah, it was, it was great getting to chat with him as well. Like when we first started the daft sheet, uh, Tom Campbell and Simon Miller were two uh, two guys that I really wanted to get on and thankfully we've managed to do that. So, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, uh, it was good having Simon on and... Uh, yeah, he seems to be getting a lot more bookings up in Scotland as he's doing the the CPW uh, Gov Anniversary uh, show. Is it this weekend? I think it is. Uh, he's, he's he's in Govan uh, along with Eric Young. Uh, I think I saw on the poster uh, for that. that really, so, so that's what really David's for. promotion, isn't it? Aye, aye, friend of the show, David aye. Davey. Uh, so yep. so yeah, it's uh, it's all it's all it's all coming up. Simon Miller at the minute. <laughs> Very good, very good. So, we'll move swiftly on. Uh, the wrestling world is a non-stop hive of rumour and innuendo. For our page three section, our lads offer up a hot piece of uh, Dutch sheet gossip deserving of our page three. Um, Chris, you need to score some points back. What have you got for us for our page three? Mm-hmm. Yep, so I don't know if it's necessarily gossip-worthy uh, as such, uh, but uh, just in the last couple of hours, AEW uh, have announced the the groups for the Continental Classic, the new tournament that is a bit all over the shop in terms of what we know about it so far. Uh, so at full gear at the weekend, we found out that Eddie Kingston is going to be in it. But Eddie Kingston is also going to be defending his New Japan Strong title and ROH title in every match that he's in. And which means that if he loses his first match, then he's no longer champion and whoever wins that is. But does that mean that they then need to defend those belts in the the next few ones? Because apparently it's going to be a triple crown thing and they're going to merge all three of them into one. I, I, I've got no fucking idea no, uh, what, what's going on with it. Uh, I, mean, I, love the, I love the idea. It's basically a mini G1, isn't it? It's, yeah, well, that's, 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 that's what they're going for. They're it's, going, they're, it's, it's scheduled like the G1 in New Japan. Aye. Yeah, so, I mean, the, the rules for it, uh, each match has got a 20-minute time limit. There's three points for the win, one point for the draw, and everyone's banned from the ringside, so there's no Tom Fuller, there's Shikina, they trying to hmm. uh, disqualify opponents and, and stuff like that, which is good. But looking at the, the groups, uh, the blue group and the gold group, again, don't know why they've chosen those particular colours, uh, the Blue League has Brian Danielson, Claudio Castagnoli, Andrade El Idolo, Daniel Garcia, Brody King, and Eddie Kingston. And the Gold League has John Moxley, Mark Briscoe, Swerve Strickland, Jay Lethal, uh, Roosh, and Jay White. Uh, so that's a, a stellar lineup. That's a stellar 12 that they're putting mm-hmm. in there. Uh, and, you know, you're, you're probably looking at that. And there's maybe about eight of them that you could say have a really, really good shot at winning it. 
and a couple of them being outsiders as well, and Jay Lethal. Um, so <laughs> it's it, it really is any, anybody's tournament, and I like the group setup of it as well. Uh, I think that that's that's going to be fun. Uh, and again, depending on if they do brackets when they come out of it, uh, if you've got a gold side and a blue side. Uh, I mean, you've got the opportunity there for Claudio against Moxley uh, for the dissolution of the BCC. Uh, you're going to see uh, Rob Danielson against Moxley as well, I suppose. Uh, mm-hmm. There's just there's a lot there's a lot going on there, and I think one I think one of the matches on Dynamite tonight, which will have aired by the time this is on, is uh, Rush against Jay White, uh, which is is be a fucking bezel. Yep, it's got banger, banger bit and all over it. And again, any of these matchups, I mean, the only I think look, looking at everybody going into it, you've got the, the sort of the wild card of like Mark Briscoe in there. We've already spoke about Swerve quite a lot tonight. Jay Lethal, not everybody's cup of tea, but can put on a great match. The only one in there that mm-hmm. I would be worried about getting lost in the shuffle would be Daniel Garcia because of the trajectory he's been on over the last week while. But again, if there's a group where he can show up and show out than being in with Danielson, Claudio mm-hmm. and Andrade is certainly one. Uh, but Brody King, Brody King being in the tournament uh, is very interesting as well, especially after him having a standout shown in at full gear in that uh, ladder match. Yeah. Uh, the the Ganzo bomb on the, the ladder was ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. Um, so yeah, uh, my, my gossip is is basically just the, the lineup for the Continental Classic. A variety of people that you would think could win and again, you know, to carry on the, the theme of tonight, uh, I think it's Swerve's tournament to lose. Aye, I think um I, I love it. It's guaranteed banger after banger and um there's a lot of intricacies that uh, that can stem out of it and storyline potentials. As, as well the one worry is we've just talked about the two of them why is Jay White and Swerve Strickland in the same bracket hmm. um, like because one of them's going to need to go over against the other um, and Jay White needs big wins back um, I would like to see him win it trouble is it means Swerve's got to lose it and yeah. that, that immediately halts Swerve's momentum. So, again, great idea. Love it. But I'm worried about the outcome because a, a big star's uh, value gets hurt here. Because if it, I like the idea as well of Eddie's titles being on the line. I think that would be great for Jay. Jay was known as our belt collector in New Japan. He was like the the the... the First guy ever to get the the triple crown in New Japan in his in, in his debut year or something like that. So he's got he's got that crazy record. I would have liked to have seen that momentum continue in AEW. I like the thought of him being the ROH champion and the New Japan Strong champion along with this apparent third title, this triple crown thing that 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 they're creating with it. Um, but I don't. I, I annoys me that it gets in the way of. Of pretend that gives away of, of swerve, get uh, you know, losing his momentum because mm. uh, like you said, this is swerve's to lose. Swerve, swerve needs to be the, the winner of this. We need we need him to be the the top heel of the company 
going into probably face name Jeff. I, I would guess that um, either Revolution or if they were to do it beforehand, maybe the uh, the New Year. Um, when's winter is coming? Is that that's usually the dynamic before Christmas, isn't it? Uh, I think so. Aye, I think so. Aye. So what's going to happen there? Is MJF going to face maybe Samoa Joe at that one? Well, they've got World's End as well on the thirtieth of December. Ah, uh, well, that because we're the final of this is World's End, doesn't it? Aye. Aye. Yeah, d- December thirteenth is scheduled for Winter is coming. Uh huh. Aye, tournament final. So, aye, that does. It's, it's, I'm, I'm trying to judge then when would Swell face MJF. Like, it's got to be revolution, isn't it? Hmm. That, that would got to be got to be well, revolution. Well, yeah, he, well, in saying that, because they're going to be having the monthly pay per views now. Uh-huh. Uh So, is is revolution is, is that the January one or is that then? later? But... Aye. Aye. No revolution. Who knows? Who, who the fuck knows? Aye. But anyway, well, in I'll fact, is it the evolution? The evolution's things last one, isn't it? Ah, uh, uh, so so then I so maybe it won't be. So maybe they'll do swear of MJF before that, then because hmm. I think things things got to be the main event for Revolution. Um, because I've already built that up. Um, so yeah, but uh, I, I mean, I, I love it. It's, it's a great setup. It's it's. You know, his followers in New Japan know it's basically a mini G1 um, with the whole round robin rules and the brackets and all that. So there'll be a lot of fun to be had uh, from it. Uh, Lewis, what would you say is your piece of gossip this week? I'd make mine short and sweet um, because folk will have tuned off by now if they're listening. Or there's no (laughs) card journey this long. Um, But I'll just talk about Nakamura's sort of cryptic promos he's been talking about. Hmm. Um, he's he's been talking about how oh you're avoiding me. I know you're close. Uh, um, I'm ready for you. Hurry up, that sort of thing. Um, just sitting by himself talking to the camera, and there's a couple of names getting thrown out. Um, I'll just go through them quickly. AJ Styles is one of them. They've had a, a long rivalry that's been quite quite let down um, in WWE so far. So I think AJ Styles coming back and having a another WrestleMania match with Nakamura, whether it's for a title or not, would be an amazing match. Um, the second option was Brock Lesnar. They've had a IWGP match in the past before. Um, oh, that's come back. Which was 2004. Five, something like uh, that. Nakamura was only like twenty three or twenty four at the time, or something. Yeah. So yeah, that's running that back would be amazing. You know, Barack's always got to be there for WrestleMania. So if you put that in a match at WrestleMania, try and build up Nakamura from now till then, and give him a sort of credible chance yeah. at it. That would be a sort of marquee WrestleMania match as well. And the third option is heh, here we go again. The fact that some people think he's going to come out on Saturday at Survivor Series and issue an open challenge. No, and, I guess. Uh, <laughs> there's no, uh, yeah, no prizes for guessing <coughs> who everyone's thinking that's going to be um, CM Kenta. Punk. Kenta. Yeah, uh, yep, Kenta. Kenta, bring him in. Probably less drama than CM Punk, and that's saying <laughs> something. Um, mm. But yes, CM Punk 
so the, the weekly the weekly um bit of CM Punk gossip. He there would be in, in my opinion, everyone's saying oh, I think we see uh, is that not a, a CM Punk silhouette in the back of the Survivor Series video if you pause it right there sake. like it's a fucking uh, goal highlight with Jamie Carragher and mm. Gary Neville. Um but they, they said, oh, they did it with Bray Wyatt. You've seen the fireflies in the background and the blah, 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 blah. First of all, there's no point in bringing back CM Punk <clears throat> if you've already got Randy Orton making his return after 18 months. It's just, it'll completely yeah. dilute Randy Orton. Um, if you're going to bring CM Punk out, you bring him out of the rumble. Simple as that. Um, so... Can I just say it now? Punk's not coming, guys. Fucking get over it. <laughs> um I covered this. It's confirmed. Steve's um, confirmed it. I think when it was last on. Aye, it's WD ain't bringing him back. They don't want the headache. The roster doesn't want him. The company doesn't want him. Move on. Move on. I I, I saw some pish um, where the Seth was re- wearing something. Uh, was it the colours? I think it was the colours of the, the, uh, of the Chicago Bulls or something like that. Or it was some summer that, that Punk wore in one of his famous matches. I think <clears throat> Punk was talking to Fums like, shh, no. Aye, that was it. So, it's just no. It's, it's, it's giving me a fucking headache. It, he's not coming back. Get over it. Get over it. Um, yeah, Nakamura, Nakamura getting a high-profile match at some point soon. Um, it's aye. my gossip this week. And um, it's it's well, uh, well-deserved and well mm. uh, yeah, I love Nakamura. It'll be a good match no matter who he's against. Nakamura is just one of those guys that I felt WWE of always at the last minute got cold feet with um, for one reason or, or, an, or another. I remember that he had that phenomenal NXT run and that entrance music. That's still one of my, my favourite entrances uh, ever. Um, it, I, I don't watch him as much now. Does he still get that now? Has he got something different now? No, he gets. He still they, they, took it, the, they took away the rapper, yeah. didn't they? Because mind, mm. mind, there was somebody that that was uh, like shouting over his steam tune when they turned him heel. Yeah, he's back so to his original. Yeah. Along it. But it's sort of yeah. there's not as much light and there's not as much uh, uh, razzmatazz with it. So yeah, so he's mm. been a bit diluted down, and there's uh, there's a massive chance to even though he's sort of on his outer years, he's still still got a lot of gas left in the tank. You just need to present him the, like the star he is, I reckon. Uh, no, I've been interested to see who it is. Uh, it's, he's, he's always a highlight. Always a highlight. Even even yeah, when yeah. he was getting kicked in the dick by AJ Styles and whatnot, uh, it, was, it was still quite entertaining, I thought. I know. I'd, I'd like to see him do, do some Nakamura um, before he... Uh, before he uh, goes back to inevitably to New Japan, um, but no, two very good picks. I'm just going to edge that one towards uh, Chris, um, because uh, I think that that set up with that. Um, mm-hmm. uh, what the continent again? Chris, the Continental Classic. Continental. Continental Classic. Aye, yeah. So I think we'll the Continental we'll Breakfast. Continental Breakfast. Aye. Classic Grand. We'll, uh, we'll call it that. Um, mm-hmm. So. We'll wrap up things with uh, a nice wee uh, quiz. Now, last time I hosted, um, we did uh, What's My Name? And I thought, fuck it, we'll bring it back.
you need to press the live button. You need to make sure it says live if you're pressing the music there, Steve. Oh, aye. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. That's not my name. There we go. Thank God. Ting so, tings. Give so, them a wee royalty there. Yep. Um, so same as last time, I've got seven names of or seven uh, real names of wrestlers. Um, you just need to name the the wrestler's name. Um, probably a couple of them I will need to give you uh, clues to, um, which I'll I'll try not to be too obvious with, but. Um, same as last time, uh, last time, just shout your name uh, when you know the answer. Number one is. That's not my name! That's not my name! Aurelian Smith Jr. Oh, I know that as well. Shall I give you a clue for this one? Aye, go for it. Right. Oh, uh, Chris, Jake the Snake. Yep. Why don't you? Acknowledge me! I thought that was far too obvious for it to be Jake the Snake. I'm sitting here going, Randy Orton? No. He's pretty sure he's called Randy Orton. Or something around that. Name number two. That's not my name. That's not my name. Lucas Eatwell. That that should just be his wrestling name. Just be. Yeah, that, that's like, why I picked it. So that's, that's a fucking great name. So why is that not your ring name? It's like that. Like that. That would not surprise me if that was Otis's real name. <laughs> no, that, and, that, and that, 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 that that's not fat shaming or anything like that. I just think. Like, <laughs> It is the kid, kid type of guy that have eat well. Aye. Uh, you got a clue? Yes, I'll need to get a clue. Uh, right. First clue is. Um, prominent in New Japan. Lewis. Go ahead. Prominent New Japan. Sounds like a very British name. Makes me think Zack Sabre Jr. Acknowledge me. I was somewhere well Osprey in my head, so I, I thought. You know, I, I picked it for two reasons, like. Pretty sure well, like, Lucas Eatwell, like it's, it's, it's first of all, he's way too skinny to have a name like that, and second of all, his ring name's Zack Sabre Junior. Who, who, who's Zack Sabre oh. Senior? If it's made up. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> <I, he's laughs> No. I, I love. Like, I've I've not watched an awful lot of Zack Sabre Junior stuff. I've enjoyed everything that I have seen of him, uh, but I think my favourite thing about him, and you'll you'll appreciate this as a stand up, uh, Steve. Uh, he has a a move named after a bit from a shortly stand up routine, uh, which I think is I've called or the orienteering with Napalm Death. Yeah. Uh, is it's it's it's. it's, it's just a wee throwaway line in a in a shortly uh I think it's his is it like uh forty first best stand up comedian uh show. <laughs> I think it's in that one. Uh, I think I think but, he's now I think he's now at number four. I think he's now at is he he's a, in the top five. Aye, he is good. He is good. No. But aye, uh look his seatbelt. That's a that's a, a name. That's a belter. So I say Bush Junior is the kind of guy who would be a good stand up actually. 
he's got that kind of dry mm. sense of humour, and he's very, I know he's very left wing with his politics, so he would get very political as well. Um, number three, I'm pretty sure these are both going to get this pretty easily. That's not my name. That's not my name. Rebecca Quinn. Chris. Chris again. Becky Lynch. Acknowledge me. So we're at two one, Lewis. Moving swiftly on, I think this is another one I might need to give you as a clue for. Hold on, hold on. Is she not the Becca Quinn Lopez? She will be now. Yeah. She would be now. I. But she was born Rebecca Quinn. <laughs> so, aye. That's not my name. That's not my name. Number four is Steve Waltz. Ooh. Chris. Go ahead. Steve Richards. Nope. Is it a Steve? You want to take a guess? Is it a Steve? Nope. Nope. Uh, Steve, you say Steve, Steve Waltz? Yep. W-O-L-T-Z. Um, oh, that sounds a bit German. Uh, Gunther. Incorrect. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it open to you. Incorrect as well. I'm gonna keep it open to you, right? And I'm gonna give you a clue. I'm trying to make it one that's not too obvious. Does he have a dead dad? (laughs) As far as I know, no. He's he's married. I think he's got two kids, and he used to be a school teacher. Oh, Chris. Uh, Go ahead. Adam the Hangman Page. Acknowledge me! If I were to guess his real names, Steve Walks would be like the very bottom. He doesn't look like a Steve. He's way too handsome to be a Steve. And well, I've just got I've just thought like Gunther might have been a Steve there, so... Stefan. Steve are nice guys, but we're not the most handsome guys, let's be honest. The, Steve the Buscemi? Case in point. Stephen Gerrard. <laughs> Number five. This is the easiest one. Lewis. That's, that's not my name. That's not my name. Chris Irvin. Chris. Oh, Chris Jericho. Acknowledge me. So we're at three, two, uh, Chris, and we've got two left. And uh, um, so you're seven for. Actually, yeah. Uh, three, two, two, seven for match point here, Chris. Right. Yep. Uh, this one, I'm de- I'm definitely going to need to give you a a clue in this one. That's not my name. That's not my name. Barbara Blank. Oh, Chris. Worse. Chris, you're first. He's like, oh uh, no, don't I? <laughs> oh mate, keep my keep my game going. Do you know what, Lewis? I'll, 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 keep, I'll, keep, I'll keep you in, Lewis, on you go. Right, okay, like, Thanks, wait, mate. Go, go, uh, okay. I might still get it wrong. Uh, I'm sure that's Kelly Kelly. Yep. So good they named her twice. Acknowledge me! Right. 
Chris, because you've let me do that, you get you can get first bash at the next one. Uh, oh, <laughs> no, 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 no. There's there's no there's no finger poke stuff going on here. <laughs> right, it's, it's, so we're at, we're at three all. Take it to the wire. I didn't think, I, I didn't think I was well known, Barbara Blank. Mate, yeah. I've watched Kelly Kelly's expose way too many times on Daily Motion when I was twelve. Right, mate. Okay, what? <laughs> Cut I that out. Forget, um, <laughs> forget how much um, Pervin's been done over. Uh, Let's ECW. Three, three years, and, and ECW, I'm speaking to yeah. wrestling fans. <laughs> right. Seventh and final, uh, final pick, and this is the decider. That's not my, that's not my name. That's not my name. And it is Peter Sinertia. All yours, Chris. S- spe- <laughs> spell the surname. It is S E N. E R C A. Hmm. No, I think I'm going to need a clue. Yeah, clue. Right. He did a lot of commentating about the last person we spoke about there. Oh, Chris. Lewis. Go ahead. Ah, go on, mate. Finish him off. Oh, uh... oh, no, I'm stuck between two now. I. Uh... Joy Styles. That's what I would have gone for. Incorrect, Lewis. Oh. Wait, say that again then. What was his name? So, the, the, so Peter Sinertia. Um, Taz. If, oh, it is. It is. It's Taz. Acknowledge me. Oh, he's on the streak. He's on the streak. Yeah, he's on the streak. Yeah, I'll take that. He's gone from Jobber to main event on two shows. He's got VR on that one. I was was a bit lenient with the clues. I was was a bit lenient on the the clues. I I remember uh, saying, I thought that would be an easy one. Because that is like a Brooklyn name as you can get. Aye. Aye. I would have gone with with Jules Styles. I knew it as well. I, I was, I was, I was stuck between when I when I said my the my name first. I was like, I was thinking Paul Heyman, and then I was like, no, Heyman wouldn't have been then. And then I panicked and went Joy Styles, and then I was like, oh, was it Matt Striker? Was it Matt Striker? And then when you said Taz, I was like, oh, that's yeah. a very well played, well played list. Yeah, congratulations, well played Lewis, played you won that forty three. Um, that does sadly bring an end to this week's uh, daft sheet. Um, Thank you again to Chris. Thank you again to Lewis. We'll, Thanks, we'll have bud. a quick recap of what we did. So, our front page, uh, we have gone for a uh, uh, time to get Randy for Orton's return. For our back page, we've gone for Swerve Hangs the Hangman in a Hardcore Classic. And uh, our gossip column, we've just broke down the, uh, the Continental Classic Tournament that's coming our, our way very soon. And uh, thank you again to Simon Miller uh, for uh, our centrefold. Um, you know, catch up with all his work everywhere uh, you go. Uh, boys, you get anything you want to plug quickly? I, if you want to hear me talk uh, very loudly uh, over some Northern Irish wrestling, uh, the latest uh, Titanic wrestling show matches are up on YouTube. Uh, so if you want to go and listen to me commentate on a really, really good, fun match uh, with a Toy Story theme uh, running through it between Miley Grace and Debbie Kytel, uh, it's up there. Uh, at the moment, what else has gone up so far? 
the buys against uh, the standard. Uh, a very good tag match as well. And the best then will be coming up there. And if you haven't already done so, go to ActThisJacket5 on Instagram and uh, give me some November money, please. Yes, please do. That'd be great. And get on to see some Titanic wrestling. I've uh, had a couple of visits myself. Some great, great uh, fun matches there. Um, I think we also need to plug uh, the new season of the Scots, don't we, boys? Uh, we should yeah, do. I mean, sure. uh, we, we, we are pretty much the main show. Uh, these days, <laughs> so we should we should give a bit of props to the the B show, uh, but the new scenes in Scots is is really good. Uh, I sat and watched it all on Sunday. I think it was good through it all. Uh, again, brilliant writing, brilliant performances from everybody in the cast. Jester in it this season is amazing. Uh, there's a great scene where he takes uh, him and Colette's baby baby sensory classes. Phenomenal, <laughs> phenomenal stuff. Uh, and I, uh, a few wrestling uh, related stuff uh, chucked into it as well. So, uh, by by all accounts, uh, get it fired up on the iPlayer. Aye, get on it. It's one of the funniest shows. Our boy Rob, um, he does uh, does some great stuff on it. Um, um, a really well written uh, show and great Scottish humour as well. Uh, Lewis, you got anything? Uh, no much. Just with it being November. Just a few simple things. Always reach out. Speak to anyone you can about any problems you have and check your boss. Nice and simple. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and for me, all all that's left to see is don't keep it shitty, keep it shitty. Take care. <laughs>